from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Carolina's the focal point going into Greensboro. After losing to Duke on Saturday, they need to go and string some wins together. Maybe even win the whole thing? I don't know. We'll, we'll get Joe Lenardi's opinions on that. The one thing I did find interesting from Saturday's results, though, is that Hubert Davis either doesn't want to give the impression that he's sweating it while his players are, or he truly does believe that this team can at some point get things going, even though they keep playing the same game over and over again. And ultimately, that was my takeaway from Saturday's game, Joe. I don't know about you, but both teams played games they played in all season. Duke thrives in those moments. They're a tough team. They play good defense. They rebound and they overcome some of their offensive deficiencies. Carolina finds themselves in similar situations game in, game out, and comes up short. And that's been the M.O. of the season for both squads. And shouts to Kyle Filipowski. I said last week, Mm -hmm. you know, I've watched him in person a couple times this year. I haven't noticed him. I noticed him him on Saturday. He was really good. Yeah, that's actually one of our Hey Joe questions. Let's answer some. Joe cracked it on. Hey, Joe, brought to you by Oak City Sports Cards, oakcitycards.com. From Ken, hey, Joe, can you open the phones for Sabah and Sabah only? <laughs> okay, hold on a second. 860-5-FAN, 860-5326. We're opening up the phone lines for Sabah and Sabah only. If you're not familiar with Sabah, she's a hardcore Carolina fan who has been very, very upset about this UNC squad. There she is. She's called. There she is. Dennis, please bring Sabah on the line. Hey, Sabah. For punishment. Oh, my God. Okay, Hi. first of all, this March madness is March sadness, okay? Okay. For, for me. I mean, my, my daughter lost a heartbreaker in her college and uh, a bad call by the ref. And then I got to come home after an eight-hour drive from, from Ohio to watch this stuff, to watch the Tar Heels do what? Not shoot? I mean, they cannot play. Why does Hubert keep the same five guys there who cannot shoot? And please don't come back for another year. We don't need mediocrity another year. It was manic is why we even had a chance last year, and we got lightning in a bottle. And I think, unfortunately, Hubert Davis may be another Matt Doherty 2.0. He just won quickly with, you know, and didn't even win it. Let's just make sure we did not win the championship. Let's all make sure about that. We didn't win anything. But, you know, it was all a feel-good story. But these guys, when it comes down to it, First of all, the best guy on the court on Saturday was Jeremy Roach. He's the only uh, NBA guy that I see. You know, some of those younger guys on uh, Duke may be it, but I don't see it yet. Philip Halskis and those guys. But on our team, we don't have anybody that would start probably for Duke uh, uh, this year. And probably wouldn't even start for Alabama or Gonzaga. So I don't know what he was doing. He never plays his bench. And if I was those guys, I would transfer. Why would you ever um, be, be, get recruited by Carolina come when you don't get developed sitting on the bench? He should have played them way earlier in the season. And now when he plays them and it doesn't go well, he goes, you see, you guys want me to play the bench? That's not the point. You're supposed to develop players. You don't sit them on the bench and tell them that this guy who shoots 20% from three is better than you. Or this guy who constantly turns the ball over in critical situations is better than you. How do you respect the coach that does that? You feel better, Sabah? A little bit. Okay, good. No, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad you could get that off your chest. Thank you, sir. So wait, did are you blaming refs in a what happened with your daughter? Okay, up 
two, 12 seconds to go. We are up to 12 seconds to go. We are inbounding the ball. Yeah. Okay? We're inbounding the ball. They clearly want to foul us. So my daughter inbounds it to one of our tall girls. They push her uh, close to the, where the back, where the half-court line is, and she kind of bumps her, and she catches the ball. Her foot's on the line of the backcourt. The lady set up a foul call the backcourt. Well, you can't do backcourt on inbounds. Inbounds, you can go backcourt. So either way, it's not a turnover. You are allowed to go backcourt on inbounds. So they got the ball, hit a 3-1. and one. What level is this? Uh, WNL basketball D3 NCAA tournament. Oh, okay. This th- this yeah. was the actual tournament? The, the D3 yeah, NCAA we tournament? Got the tournament. We Jeez. won the ODAC championship. That's cool. Nets down. Well, First that's time. It's great that they and got there. Yeah. So, I mean, and I'm just heartbroken. I went all the way to Ohio to see a ref, and even the official head, official referee was there, and she said, yeah, that's a bad call. But why don't you tell the lady there? You can't have that quarter in there. Hold up. So you're telling me even at the the D3 level, they got hit with the Duke, uh, this matter is closed? Can't do anything about it? Same thing. (laughs) Same thing. So instead of us winning the first NCAA ever in the history of the program, we went home crying as usual, you know. So I don't get it, but – and then I had to come back, and, and after a long eight hours, I had to see uh, uh, Carolina vomit all over themselves when it mattered most <laughs> in critical moments. They don't run plays. Everything's one-on-one. they all unassisted. And I don't know what's up, how many lemon Oreos you can eat, but if you can't make a dunk. Yeah, um, yeah, on that dunk. On. When he didn't make that dunk, I knew it was over. Yeah, I, th- I thought that there was probably some lemon Oreo uh, crumbs on his fingers that caused that to happen. Yeah, right. I even gave lemon Oreos to the parents before the game on our NCAA, thinking that would bring us luck. And all it did was give us a bad call to end. Uh, all right, Sabah, we appreciate you. We'll Thank talk you. to you later. All right, bye. Yeah, I think the lemon the lemon Oreos will go into you know how like every every couple of weeks there's some like new trend on Twitter and everybody's doing it and then you forget and you have to like explain to somebody well why was everybody doing that dance ah, I can't explain it. it happened three months ago that's like eight years in internet time. I feel like the lemon Oreo thing at UNC is the exact same situation. Next up. Say it ain't so, Joe. Say it ain't so. From Kirk. Hey, Joe, can y'all find this guy and set up a three-point shooting contest for the hashtag content? So, (laughs) okay. So, Joe, Joe talked about how Carolina fans are a little unhinged, right? And some of them, yes. You, you, you. A portion pointed, of them. You had pointed out it on Twitter, and I'm like, eh, it's Twitter, man. Everybody loses their minds. I think the the better way to point out that there's some unhingedness, and I feel like NC State needs a brand refresh between Duke tweeting out, "Hey, you know, we'd be co-ACC champs if it wasn't for this matter being closed," referencing what happened at Virginia, and then you turned to me at the Smith Center in the middle of the game when they were booing some call. What did you tell me? It was big PNC Arena energy, right? It was right. big state fan energy. I mean, there's detached, self, like lack of self awareness. When at one point they booed Ryan Young after he had a contact dislodged. Think about that for a second. I just no one's ever had a contact issue at I don't want to con- center. I'll let it's never happened. I will let the audience connect that dot. Okay, I'm pretty sure Ryan Young had an issue with a contact, and they booed the man. And I'm like, huh? But yeah, this is from Inside Carolina. Guy's name is uh, Tar Heel Fan for Life Four. Are there glasses in his Avi? No. Okay. Did you call it Avi, not Avi? Yeah. Avi. Inter- interesting. Never heard it that way. I'm not as good as this is from the this is from Inside Carolina. I'm not as good as I used to be for sure, but I played and started for the team that set wins records at Gaston County 
in tw- uh, 2004. Okay. We high went, school is what we're talking about. High school. Here. We yeah. went 28 and 2 that season. I'm 35 now. Played in college on scholarship as well for two years before transferring to UNC to finish. I can say, however, that I would beat every player on our team except for maybe RJ in a three-point shooting contest, and it wouldn't even be close. I still go to the gym multiple times per week and make 13 of 15 from deep or 18 of 20. My junior year of high school, we beat Ashbrook in the Big South Championship game, and the next day the Gaston Gazette had a sports title page named after me. That's my claim to fame. But he's convinced at age 35 he can still make more threes than what we're seeing out of Carolina. Should we get him out to the parking lot and see if he can do it? There's a standard in North Carolina, and I'm not going to lie to you. I don't quite understand it. I don't quite fully grasp it, right? Remember, mm-hmm. I had struggles with the whole reference that I made to Ethan Raggy. Ethan Raggy and they right. were just right. so mad at me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Saturday is another example. Like, I don't understand their level because their standard is different they've been excellent for so long yeah that they have a different expectation so i but can does that explain this 35 year old claiming that he's better than the current no it doesn't but it does seem slightly on brand for that age right Mm -hmm. Because you're still trying to hold on. Oh yeah, at 35. Like oh, I'm 47. I let go. Right? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I 35 though. You're like, you know what? Yeah. Like you're waiting for the call. Like you're waiting. Yeah. Like you know, it's you're Chris Wanky. You're like, oh, if they just call. Yeah. I'm ready. My my brother turned 28 today, so happy birthday to David. And I had a brief conversation with him, and he still is kind of like, man, 28. Like I don't feel old, but then I I see people in college now, like these new people that are coming into his company, and you're realizing just how far removed you are from that, and how much has changed. To go, yeah, man. He's like, but I still feel it. I'm like, you get to a point when you accept that it ain't there anymore. Probably when you hit your forties. Next up. I'm 36, still got it from Martin. Hey, yeah, Joe, Jillio. Going back to y'all's conversation with Wes last Wednesday, did you notice Filipowski on Saturday? <laughs> I did. He was good. He was good. I liked how he played, too. They have a nice – I like the way that Duke kind of compliments each other. Yes. You know, uh, Sabah mentioned Roach. I thought Roach was really good, too. Obviously, Roach didn't shoot the ball well mm-hmm. on Saturday, but I feel like Proctor's kind of come along – um, you know, Lively doesn't score, but he affects the game in other ways. He had some foul trouble on Saturday. Young gets in there and bangs. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, I, I think John Shire has pushed all of the right buttons this year. It's been really impressive. Again on Saturday, calls a timeout when the timeout was needed. Mm-hmm. You know, brings Lively back in with the fouls when needed. So I, he's he's made all of the right moves. And then, and then after the game, he was kind of asked about, hey, is there any way you could have skipped – some of the issues you got had guys had earlier this season when you were just getting blown out on the road by Wake and State and, and some of those other games. And it's like he said no because that's why we are who we are now. Now, I don't think Duke is going to make the Final Four. I do think they could win the tournament in Greensboro I could this see week. that too. I don't think they're going to make the Final Four. And there's Duke's standard, right? Because I think we want to hold everybody to their own standard yeah. instead of well, instead of like just taking a half a step back and going, you know what? John Shire's done a really, really good job this year. That's Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias. We'll talk to another Joe, Joe Lenardi, getting back to North Carolina and their NCAA tournament chances. How much do they have to win in Greensboro to get in? We'll talk to Lenardi next. If you miss anything from today's show, check it out on the Best of the OG podcast. Look them up. 
99.9 The Fan Raleigh. Smash that subscribe button on YouTube, and we would appreciate all the ways in which you can manipulate the algorithm in our favor. Thanks to everybody who has subscribed so far. Thanks to everybody who's watched, left comments, and everything else. We would appreciate more growth in that department. So go smash that subscribe button. While we wait for Joe Lenardi, ESPN, their bracketologist, I wanted to go back to Saturday and, you know, where UNC is right now in that they've essentially played the same game multiple times this year. And I think the most disappointing part about UNC's season is how long it took for people to accept that last year was not something you could just replicate. That Hubert Davis, going all the way back to the beginning of the season, told you, hey man, there are some yellow flags here. Now, the coaching staff obviously recognizes that, and it's on the coaching staff that gets paid a lot of money to correct those issues and get those things to go. But what's the one conversation you have with coaches sometimes, Joe, where you can do all the right things or try to push all the right buttons, but sometimes things just don't connect and the chemistry is just not there. And that's been that's been North Carolina's MO all season. And they, they can't make the shots nope. either. Nope. You know, I mean, you, you certainly can draw up and make people play and, and put them in the right position to make shots, but ultimately they have to make the shots. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think Hubert has, believe it or not, there are some people say, oh, he's done the worst job. They're preseason number one. They might not even make the tournament. He's actually done a pretty good job of trying to hold the thing together. Yes. When you just watch them, finally when you watch them, you're like, they don't, I don't know what it is. It's like, do they not like each other? Do they not care about each yeah, other? I don't, I, I don't know what it is because I don't spend all the time with them. No. But when you watch them play, there's this visceral, you have a visceral reaction where you go, Oh, well, there's something missing. Everything is hard for them. It's way too hard. Everything is hard. They're much too talented for that. And regardless of how you feel about NC State, regardless of how you feel about Duke, when you watch NC State play, when you watch Duke play, they are teams that look like they have buy-in. Yes. There doesn't seem to be any buy-in from a veteran group that has one singular goal. They were one game away from winning it. What more buy-in do you need? But you go all the way back to November, and here's Hubert Davis after a win telling everybody, whoa, we got some issues here. I don't think there's a red flag in terms of our team. I think there's some yellow flags. (laughs) I think there's some yellow flags in terms of our toughness. I think there's yellow flags in terms of our sustained effort. I think there's some yellow flags in terms of our commitment to defense. I think there's some yellow flags in terms of our commitment to the scouting report and doing the things that you've been asked to do. I think there's some yellow flags in terms of getting to the offensive glass and I think there's some yellow flags in terms of um, sharing the basketball in terms of good to great Dennis was that the Gardner Webb game was yeah, that the third that was, game yeah, of the season Gardner Webb game. yeah it was November 15th somewhere around that time. okay yeah so they they beat Gardner Webb that day and remember I know you scoff sometimes at the gambling angle mm-hmm. but they played those first three games and they weren't gigantic lines they weren't. Yeah, I remember you pointing and that out. And they didn't cover in any of the first three games. And I'm going, right. Joe, this is... <laughs> 
because you know Gonzaga is one of the teams, obviously, that I follow. A lot of people follow when they're right? fa- when and, when they're supposed to be championship caliber. Yes, what do they do? Gonzaga just hammers people, right? Right, right. and it's and it creates like this impossible standard by the end of the year when they don't win by twenty five. You're like, well, yeah, what's wrong with you? Yeah, this was the opening sequence of the season mm-hmm. where they're not winning in the way that you probably wanted to see the number one team in the country win mm-hmm. take out the the point spread portion of it they just didn't dominate mm-hmm. and you hear it and you even hear it now more so in hindsight in his voice when he talks about buy-in and toughness like those are words you do not want to hear do you- the head coach say and just to make me let me make a quick tangential point here because I, I i advocated for john shire today to be the acc coach of the year and people said well they have five-star recruits Sure. Yeah. But, but you still have to get them to buy in. Yeah. You still have to get them to defend, which Duke has done in spades, man. Did you catch the part with Hubert Davis during the post game where he's like, it's not like they didn't know Mark Mitchell goes to his left. It's yeah. not like I forgot who he was referencing that XYZ happens and they get the role and it's and he's like, It's not like they you yeah. know this happens. Trust me. And I, I know and I know we got Joe Lenardi, but real quick. I, North Carolina ran a two-point play under uh, Larry Fedora that I watched Tom O'Brien and, and NC State practice against. I watched the practice. Mm-hmm. They run the play. They couldn't stop the play. And I'm sitting, and people are like, I can't believe they couldn't stop that play. They must not have been pre- prepared. And I'm like, no, they were no, prepared. they were prepared. They can't go out and make the plays, though. The, ultimately, the players have to go out you and make the plays. Well, and that's why North Carolina finds itself in this position. Joe Lenardi, ESPN, joining us now on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Joe, welcome back to your friends, Joe and Joe in Raleigh. How are you, man? When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Well, I was told that uh, there was a meeting of the good-looking joke. <laughs> Here we are. That's why they put you on the screen all the time. It makes total sense now. And then I realized, I realized that none of us qualify. <laughs> all right. Well, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Speaking of qualification, <laughs> does North Carolina qualify as an NCAA tournament team right now? Uh, if I were on the committee, I would say not very close. Okay. And I know other people feel differently, uh, but I'm fairly convinced that if we were looking at their current resume without the name North Carolina on the top, Mm -hmm. we would not even be having the conversation. I I would agree with you on that. You know, we're, we're close to the situation. We understand the bump that North Carolina and Duke get because of the names. Um, so in your estimation, what needs to happen in Greensboro? They got a favorable draw uh, with teams they've beaten, uh, Boston College first and obviously Virginia. But is it favorable when they need to pick up Q1 games? Yeah. So no. what, what what do they have to do in the tournament? Yeah, I guess it depends on what camp you're in. If you're in the camp that says they have to win the tournament, and that may be so mm-hmm. because we don't know what's going to happen everywhere else, right? We don't know how many bubble spots are going to be available uh, come Sunday night. 
if you're in the if you're in the camp that they have to win the automatic bid, then you want the easiest draw possible, right? But if you're in the camp that says we can still get an at large, then you want kind of the hardest draw possible to get the best wins that you can post. Uh, so it's a wrinkle for sure. Uh, and and all, all all I'm really certain of is that Carolina needs to be playing on Saturday night. Yeah, like they need to be in the championship game, if only to keep themselves in the forefront of this discussion for as long as possible. Right? I mean, it it, it would be human nature, you know. Like let let's say there's an epic final of of Carolina Duke or whomever, mm-hmm. and you know it's eighty five eighty three classic ACC, you know overtime, you know instant classic kind of game. Like it's going to be human nature to to say, and and, and they lose. You're going to say, well, clearly they can compete; they're good enough. Yeah, right. Like that's what a lot of people are are going to say, but. They haven't been that team, but on rare occasions this season. And, um, you know, I'm generally at this time of year out of time for attempting to identify the why of these things. Sure. Because my entire kind of operation has to be focused on the what. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, we've got a hundred people on air who are, who, who, who have opinions about why Carolina is in this situation. All I can do is say, this is the situation they're in and it's not good enough. Joe Lenardi, ESPN joining us here on an all Joe. Hey, Joe here on the OG. That's Joe Obvious. I'm Joe Giglio. <laughs> Uh, Joe, in fairness to Carolina, they have a great non-conference strength of schedule. They don't have any marks in the Q3 or Q4 columns, which I think does matter, particularly if you compare them to, say, a Clemson. And I'm not sure if you have Clemson well, in the field or not. That's why but just still on the board. Yeah. That's why they're still on the board. Yes. If they had Clemson's non-conference schedule, They'd be, they would not RPI be. RPI <laughs> would be triple digits. Yeah. It's not RPI, geez. Net. Freudian flip. That's all right. Their net would be triple digits, and, and, and I'd be on somebody else's show. Yeah. When you look at NC State and, you, and maybe even Clemson, if you'd like to stick with Clemson, uh, I, I to me, I look at seven teams, the top seven seeds in the in the ACC tournament, and I think I think there's room for six. Does that seem fair to you? For six to make the tournament? Yes, the NCAA tournament. Well, right, sixth and seventh right now would be Carolina and Clemson, mm-hmm. not in the field, but still on the board. Uh, and I would agree with that. I think the top five are, you know, pretty pretty solid for this stage. I know Pitt is worried, but I, I, I do think they'll make it. Um, I, I think NC State, they've been floating between a 9 and a 10 of late. Uh, we'll see how it shakes out tomorrow. They'll probably be a high 10. But, I mean, that, that means, you know, worst case, you lose in in the first round, and and maybe you go to Dayton. Uh, and understandably, nobody wants to do that, but uh, it's still the tournament, and and everything that comes with it. 
financially and otherwise. So, uh, yeah, I think the, the ACC story is about the next wave. And what, what Clemson and Carolina both need the same thing for different reasons. They both need to be playing Saturday night. Uh, I haven't looked at the bracket closely enough to see if they could play each other. Yeah, they would they would on potentially on Friday semifinals. Like, like I'll be honest, I think Clemson's good enough when they're at their best. Yeah, uh, we've seen their fastball. Well, we've seen Carolina's fastball but, oddly enough against Clemson, the game in Chapel well, Hill. Yeah. But <laughs> if I told you that if Clemson got an at-large bid, they would have the worst non-conference schedule yep. strength in the history of the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they're getting in. I, like, that's why I'm saying I think there's only room for one. Yeah. Like, they put themselves, like, they did this. Uh, and I get it. You think you're going to play and have all these up games in the ACC that turned out to be, like, more like quad twos instead of biggest baddest. Okay. I get it, but. That's not a reason to get in because there's a dozen or two other teams who did it a different way and a better way and a way that historically has been rewarded. Joe Lenardi, ESPN, Bracketology, we appreciate your time as always. Uh, Enjoy the start of the rest of the conference tournaments, including the ACC. We'll talk to you later. You got it. Listen, say hi to everybody at the meeting. I got to (laughs) go. At the handsome Joe meeting, we will. It's the OG alongside Joe Giglio, a very handsome Joe. I am Joe Ovius, the mediocre handsome Joe. Uh, if you missed any of that conversation, check it out on the Best of the OG podcast. Ran a little late with Joe Lenardi because he called a little bit late. I get it. he's That dude's going through the car wash right now.